everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today we will be having a special segment. This will be the hashtag too many women segment. And just for an overall warning regarding this podcast episode, there may be some triggers for some listeners as I will be including references to violence against women and sexual harassment. And before I begin, I want to make a comment that although I will be mostly talking about women in the fitness community that experience digital sexual harassment, that does not mean that men or transgenders do not also suffer from these similar issues or endure sexual harassment. However, for the purpose of this special segment, I will be focusing on women specifically in the fitness community on social media platforms. So this special segment will be addressing the sensitive subject regarding online sexual harassment in the fitness community, particularly for women. In the recent years, we have seen how the Me Too movement alone has impacted society, how it has led to greater awareness amongst our society and our community. This alone shows the power of the digital tool and digital tools and how we as individuals can advocate important topics through social media platforms. While this may bring certain issues, as people, I mean, you can imagine, as people can hide easily behind computer screens or phone screens, it allows for individuals to have their voices heard, spread awareness, and ideally help find a solution to the problem. As a woman myself in the fitness community, I I see a growing issue, an issue that arises from an unfortunate, unintended consequence. It hurts me to say this. It really stems from this unfortunate consequence, this consequence that comes from women desiring to inform, to educate, to motivate, to create a community for women to feel safe, to feel empowered. That's where this unintended consequence comes from. You know, women on social media who are involved in the fitness community post motivational photos, progress photos, or educational videos on how to do proper reps, proper formation for performing exercises. And these women who just want to create a community that can empower other women are left vulnerable. Women are more likely to be sexually harassed and even more likely on a digital platform where again, people can hide behind a screen, where people can make comments, where people can spread hate, sexually harass. Women who have these fitness platforms are vulnerable and subject to lure comments and sexual harassment. It may seem strange to hear that sexual harassment is possible virtually. However, it is a growing issue. It is causing women to be afraid, alter their behaviors. When I say alter their behaviors, what do I mean? For example, (laughs) 
For example, when I say alter their behaviors, I mean by changing the way that they may post. Maybe they stop posting altogether. Or maybe they become a social media ghost. Maybe they just delete Instagram because they can no longer feel safe in a community that is meant to feel safe. One woman who prefers to stay anonymous shared a simple example with me regarding this issue. So simple, yet it is one of the issues that this community faces on a daily basis. She told me that as a fitness model, she receives daily harassment messages. The message is saying, I love you, uh, which doesn't seem that bad. Or, I love, and then for, for the purpose of this segment, I am omitting some of the words that she has received. But as you can imagine, they um, are explicit and they often are regarding certain parts of her body. Messages that show disgusting and vile lust for her body and more. These aren't the messages that she has said that bother her. She has become used to them, which we will discuss later. The normalization of these messages should not be normalized. She says that she's become used to these messages. These, these aren't the messages that bother her, okay? <laughs> which, is, which is even more upsetting when you look at the grand lens of all of this. The messages that make her sick to her stomach are the messages where men, usually men, ask for her help. The men that ask for her help regarding the niche that she works hard in, the niche that she makes her income in. When they ask for help regarding a fitness question, you know, maybe asking, how, how can I also lose weight? How, how can I perform better reps? How can I reach my fitness goals? These are the messages that make her sick to her stomach. Because she wants to help. She wants to help these individuals reach their fitness goals. And she's told me this. She's told me that, you know, I, I want to help these individuals. But every time there's something in my stomach saying, don't respond, don't answer. Of course, she's made the mistakes of answering. Sometimes there's no issue. Sometimes. She told me that for this example that we're using, that happened specifically to her, one particular man declared that he needed help desperately and he was looking for some fitness advice. Um, and he was curious how she was able to lose 40 pounds. For this woman, a man addressed her and asked for help regarding burning fat. When she complied and allowed for him to ask her questions, she then woke up later to a message saying, she, she went to bed and she, she woke up in the morning, right? 4, 4 a.m., I think. And she, she saw a simple question, am I doing this right? And it was followed by a photo. And as you can imagine, it was an unsolicited photograph. And as you can imagine further, 
a graphic image of himself, of his lower half. Now, I just want this particular example to showcase the growing issue. Now, another argument that is is seen and, and that definitely stemmed from the Me Too movement is the not all men argument. I wanted to address this in this segment because it needs to be dismantled, this argument. It threatens gender equality. Now, one of the reasons why this argument, not all men, threatens gender equality it, it is not to say that the intentions of the argument are bad or that all men threaten rape or oppress women. However, you know, you always have the big however. The problem is that nearly all women have suffered from some form of sexual harassment, whether it's online, in person. I mean, the numbers show that there is yearly an increase in sexual harassment experienced amongst women. So the real question, what is particularly wrong with this argument? Plain and simple. It's really plain and simple. It does not help contribute to the cause, to the discussion, to the movement. It plainly and simply does not contribute to gender equality. When a woman is discussing how she continues to get sexually harassed, how she was raped, how she has suffered, or how she has been abused by a man. Plain and simple, the discussion does not need to have an added, an added injection from a man that, well, not all men are like that. The point is that at least some men are like that and nearly all women experience sexual harassment at some point. It is sad to say that if you have not experienced it yet as a woman, you are most likely going to experience it at some point, especially, especially that sexual harassment is migrating into the digital world. We have this bigger encompassing issue, the digital world, the creation of the complex digital public sphere has created a darkness, okay? That sounds so drastic, but it's so, so undeniably true. It has helped gather and conjure all the existing darkness that has already existed in our world, okay? And situate them in one giant sphere leaving most men and women vulnerable. But luckily, even with all, all the negatives that come from the internet, there is one important tool that remains active and has helped spread awareness, digital advocacy. Digital advocacy has really made a large impact on society. Using digital tools has the power to spread awareness and inform the public. We have seen it with countless movements. People are beginning to speak out. 
and have their voices heard. And even those who may not have been affected by a certain hot issue, you know, there's so many right now at the moment, they're still speaking up for the right side of justice with Twitter, with Facebook, with Instagram. We really can see that there is a power behind the hashtag. And it is so much stronger than most people realize. I want to give you a little statistic, short and sweet. And I want this statistic to really sink in with you, to make you think. And just for this purpose, I will use the country that I am currently living in. In France alone, more than 75% of women over the age of 15 have been sexually harassed at least once. 75%. That is a very concerning number. Oh, I read an interesting article. It's called The Narrative Agency in Hashtag Activism. The Case of Hashtag Black Lives Matter. It's by uh, Gu Bin Yang. And uh, it, it explores the power of the narrative and hashtag activism. Now, hashtag activism, um, which is used quite frequently on Instagram um, and obviously other social media platforms, it is a form of communication used to make a social or political claim by transparently posting on social media about a specific issue. By using a hashtag, the posts collectively appear. This is so important. It is so important for activism work because it creates a storyline, but also it has the capability to bring a single phrase, for example, the hashtag too many women to life and bring awareness to the public, which is what we're looking for. I think one of the most important aspects of this movement is that we drastically see why it's been too many women. You know, it's the same with the Me Too movement. You, you see why with the hashtag, why it is so important that we digitally advocate regarding these issues that people speak up. We can see why the hashtag is so important and how other women, when they collectively see these posts appear, why then they have the courage to speak up and say something as well. In the example that I, I gave earlier, um, women have come to normalize getting unsolicited graphic images. I don't know why, but, but it's happened. We have normalized getting these graphic images of the male form or hundreds of messages asking to engage in sexual intercourse with them repeatedly. It cannot be normalized. We have to realize that it's not normal and it's not okay. And finally, men have got to stop saying not all men. Because the issue when, as women discuss the topic of them being sexually harassed or sexually abused or whatever has occurred, it isn't about it being all men. It's about the fact that it's being all women and that one point in their time, other women will probably face sexual harassment online or in person. 
Now, even though this has been a brief discussion regarding this issue, I hope that it helps someone understand the issue that we face, but also understand that through digital tools, we have the capability to help bring a safe discussion to the table. And with omitting arguments that do not bring important discussion to gender equality, gender equality might have a fair chance. It's important for women to speak up, but it's more important, it's more vital that we all, all of us, realize that the issue is so much greater and troublesome than we can imagine. Women know that there's a problem. We are aware. We have been for a long time. But we have to just stop normalizing online digital sexual harassment. Now, that wraps up this special segment. And if you have enjoyed listening or would like more episodes regarding this topic, please feel free to message me on Instagram or on the Burn Positive website. I would really be interested in hearing your feedback regarding this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and realize the importance behind this truly sensitive subject, but truly important topic.